music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to Super Jcast. I'm Joel. I'm back, uh, joined this time not by Damon, but joined by the co-host of Voices of Wrestling, flagship podcast, Rich Craig. Rich, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember if we've ever actually done audio together and I, I, I'm sure we have. I feel like it's impossible that we didn't, but I'm, tr- I'm struggling with how long it's been or if we ever did do it. I'm sure we have on... Racking my brain all day trying to figure it out. But hey, you know what? Who cares? We're here now. All right. No, it must have been on uh John Carroll's end of year New Japan. Oh, that's right. Okay, that makes sense. Things. That makes Definitely sense. So not never a solo show. Never where we were able to kind of do spread our wings in the way that we want, I guess. No, back back in the glory days when multiple people wanted to talk about New Japan. <laughs> Hey, we did a book. Remember that? We used to do a book about that. That hey, I'd be coming on the show usually and plugging the book coming out. But uh, yeah. we're not doing the book this year. Uh, no, believe it or not. Well, hopefully not. Oh, I haven't done I'll a have thing, to delete so. all my notes then. Yeah. Well, you can. Hey, you know what? You do you, man. If you want to do I've a book, profiles for everyone. <laughs> you know, I, hey, I can give you all the setup. I can let you know. It's all yours if you want to take the no, uh, it's too late. take the mantle. Uh, junior one that's going in the bin. Nope. Yeah. All right. No, all right. Too late. <laughs> next year though right well better for next year no i don't know about next year we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it is uh friday 8th of december 2023 this is episode 287 so obviously uh me and damon have been on hiatus for a bit so i want to say massive massive thank you to all the people who filled in to uh booze and curtis elliot and john who did the the super uh world dad league as i like to call them and lawrence and evelyn who did a tremendous job as well so um excellent Outstanding job by them and giving us uh, a much needed break at this time of year because it's a 
really busy time for all of us. But um, absolutely, what, what they always we do a great here? job. By the way, that's one of the best things that you guys do. I think. Now, not that I don't like you and Damon, but I love <laughs> the idea of bringing in guests. And then I always listen, and everyone's good. Everyone that you bring on is like really, really good. And they they all kind of because it's always kind of you know I'm always a little worried when you're like, all right, we're doing like the the you know the yearly thing with the tag league where we're just gonna have random people do the show, and I'm always like, all right, yeah, we'll see. And then everyone's really good, and I'm always like blown away by how good everybody is that that, that fills in. So yeah, they they all do a tremendous job, and it. Uh, uh, it, it definitely it makes for a very fun month, I think, for for the Super J cast. So, so I've always appreciated, always enjoyed it. Yeah, well, it's it's a little bit disconcerting for me because sometimes the praise that we get in the feedback is a little bit too generous for my liking. They're like, yeah, wow, it's, it's so like, great. hey, these so guys refreshing are good. to hear people not down on the product. I'm like, mm, okay, come on, <laughs> right? So yeah, here we are. I mean, why are we here? What? What are you and I doing here talking about World Tag League on a podcast? Why has this happened? Um, you tell me, brother. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, what happened was is uh, my hubris got the best of me, and I was uh, jacking around on an uh, episode of the flagship uh, saying that uh, I was going to lock in for the World Tag League and fill in, uh, you know, be one of the people on your, your fill-in gimmick and, and, and fill in for the month of December. Uh, and then you called me on it, and we're like, no, I'm holding you to it. I'm holding you to it. I was like, no, <laughs> I was just kind of saying I didn't I didn't really mean it. Uh, but you held me to it, and uh, here we are. It took a little while, unfortunately, because of scheduling, and there was a couple times we wanted to jump in uh, throughout the last you know week or so, the last couple of weeks. But uh, for scheduling purposes, it didn't quite work out. But I think this actually does work out in a way because now we're looking at you know the, the, the semifinals. We have the finals locked in. And I think you know we can probably do some big-picture stuff too because we are really, really close to – uh, to you know the Tokyo Dome, we're what two shows away? I think at this point, I think we have the two road to Tokyo Dome shows, and I think we're there afterwards. So there you go. Yeah, to be honest, this is not the sort of mutually assured World Tag League annihilation I was hoping for. I, I wanted us to do like proper, you know, night eight, arse end of nowhere, yeah. dog shit cards, house of torture in the main event, and actually doing an interesting big picture New Japan discussion that people would enjoy listening to was not what I had in mind, to be honest. Yeah, no, no. Our, our initial plan was let's find like the worst. So initially when, when I, 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 like I said, I kind of was like, oh, maybe I'll host one of those JKS ones. You were like, ah, I got you. You're in. And then I was trying to look, you know, before the, the league actually started, before we actually had all the cards and stuff, it was like, let's find like the worst night possible. And, and that's the one we're going to review and we're going to talk about. And then when they started to release the names and release the cards, we were kind of like, oh, hold on a minute. Maybe this is going to be a pretty good league. It looks like there's a lot of really good matches and a lot of good matchups or whatnot. So then we switched to, okay, let's just find a good show to do. Uh, and then, like I said, because of scheduling and whatnot, we weren't really able to do that. But uh, yeah, I, my, our initial plan of finding the most dog shit night uh, uh, did, did, not, uh, did not work out. But uh, yeah, I was trying to look at what I think the worst night of, of, of all of them were. And, uh, well, I think there's a couple contenders, unfortunately. But I, I think all in all, it was a pretty decent tag league. I, 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 didn't, I can't say that I loved it, but I, I definitely didn't hate it. There's certain years where I'm like, screw this. I hate this. I never want to watch this again. And it's like the worst just gut punch to the end of the year uh, for New Japan. But then everything comes back on and, 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 you know, those Road to the Tokyo Dome shows usually. And then Wrestle Kingdom's always awesome. So it's like, okay, we're back in. And New Year's Dash is always pretty fun. But um, there's been some years where it's just a slog. This, was not, this wasn't a slog this year, but it wasn't um, – I, I can't call it great. I, I don't think it was a great tag league. But but I'll take a good tag league over whatever we've had, you know, and, and, and some very recently as well, some really just truly awful uh, tag leagues. Uh, so, yeah, we are here to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And – you know, I, I have to be honest here. I've, I've been bottling this up for quite a while. I suspect you might feel the same way as we both, uh, at one point in the past, really loved this weird 
fake Japanese fighting product, all its cool characters, its great storytelling, awesome fights. But I don't know, Rich, to me, it's, it's undeniable that the recent output has been really, really poor. It's a massive downgrade from the glory years. And as much as I want to defend this product that used to be so brilliant, it's it's a shell of its former self. All, all the best characters are gone. What's left is it's a sad joke playing out in front of a, a dwindling an increasingly deranged fan base, long-term storytelling, it's all over the place, deeply unsatisfying to me. Fights aren't anywhere near as dramatic and, and, and technical as they used to be. English language offerings are an embarrassment. It's it's disrespectful of the fan base's time quite often. The guy writing it all has lost his touch, refuses to come to terms with it, not to mention all the uh, the, the financial mismanagement behind the scenes. And, and I genuinely don't think I'm exaggerating when I say I really think we're circling the drain. This is this is the end of days. And I'd be shocked if the product keeps going this year. And, and it really breaks my heart to say that because, you know, I, I've put so much time and, and love into it, but I can recognise a sunk cost fallacy when I see one. And and to be honest, the only real pleasure I've got from it lately is reliving the older content and doing things like collecting the virtual fighter toys and playing space... Uh, wait, sorry. Hold on. Now, apologies, Rich. I've modelled up my notes. I've accidentally been reading my analysis of Shenmue 3. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, go off, King. <laughs> go, I love it. Let's go. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that that is uh, honestly, as you were, it, 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 in some ways it works for both, but uh, certainly does uh, work for Shenmue 3. Uh, yeah, that that is a, a a very rough game. And yeah, if people do not know, we are we are both massive Shenmue fans. And that uh, really kind of brought us together in the, in, in the early days of the website, in the early days of the Jcast and uh, all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, it is... Um, before we get to New Japan, it is time for us to talk about Shenmue. And and, and honestly, we should probably just talk about Shenmue all the way. But uh, no, that what, what a setup. You had me going. I was like, wow, they're not going to like this one, Joel. You're going to get a lot of, lot of people upset in the, uh, in the Discord and in the, in the DMs and, and on Twitter or whatnot. But uh, no, it was good stuff. Yeah, but uh, Shenmue 3 is, is terrible. Yeah, it, it's... Shenmue's pretty terrible at this point. And, and, and it's also now making me question if the original was good. And I know it is. And I know it's good. And I know it's fine. But it's it, it's 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 getting rougher and rougher to defend. There, there's not many of us left anymore. Very, I guess, similar to New Japan in a lot of ways. There's not a whole lot of us left that are are still dyed in the wool. No, Shenmue is actually good because the the mounting evidence that maybe it is not good uh, has has uh, has has reared its ugly head. Unfortunately, in the last couple of years. So yeah, Shenmue three is uh, a disaster. And uh, I, I I think I kickstarted it in like what when did they do that Kickstarter? I definitely did it. Christ, that would have been. So yeah. long ago, like so, when it's Kickstarter was a thing, back when you knew what Kickstarter was and, and then people used Kickstarter all the time, like whenever that was, I mean, it had to be 12, 13, somewhere in there, I think. I I, I put some ungodly amount of money on it because I was like, yes, and uh, did not get uh, uh, the reward that I uh, I feel like I should have gotten. But uh, I, it was a good throwback game, I guess, if you want to go yeah. back to the days of I mean, 2001. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've made my peace with... The earlier Shenmue's, I, I would never try and convince a casual that it's a good game because it's not. It's objectively a bad game, but I like it. Uh, it's the same defense that I'd use for talking about House of Torture, for example. Just, yeah, I know it's shit, but I like it. So fuck off. So that's <laughs> that's my angle when it comes to Shenmue because uh, I don't think it holds up to any real scrutiny in terms of game mechanics. Like when large parts of the game are like, this tattoo parlor is closed. Now you need to wait 48 hours for it to be open again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm trying all the, all the people that I know that, that played Shenmue at the time 
or, or went back to it very, you know, around the time when it came out for Dreamcast or whatever, I'll still like it and, and go back to it and play it or whatever. And then I knew, I know when three came out, and they, the, the, the big thing was they came out with that pack uh, of Shenmue one and two. And I forget the price. It was very, very cheap uh, on, on, you know, I think it was on Xbox and PlayStation. They had the, had the combo pack. So I bought it and, you know, recommended it to a bunch of people as well. I was like, Hey, I've always told you about this Shenmue games, but they've always kind of been hard to get if you didn't have a Dreamcast or whatever. And, and I said, here you go. You can play them. They're really good or whatever. And the feedback I got from all my friends were like, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> but then like, I was like, no, no, it's not. I'm like, it's good. And then I, I went and replayed it just to make sure. And I'm like, no, it's great. And they're like, nah, it's bad. And then like you said, I think it, it's, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you're never going to know. And that's fine. That's okay. We just have to accept that we're a dwindling group of people that still know and still love it. But uh, yeah, it, it is very hard to put the controller in the hand of somebody and say, all right, do six hours of remedial, you know, warehousing tasks. And they're going to say, why? And you're going to say, I don't know. I can't really tell you. But uh, it is the best bit. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I do like that it's become a meme in a lot of ways. I guess that that a badge of honor is that uh, people love laughing and, and making fun of it. Uh, too, which was great. But hey, if you were alive, that it was a revolutionary game. I'm telling you guys, revolutionary at the time. And and you know what? It's the Christmas season. That's a Christmas game. That's like the best Christmas oh, yeah. game ever. I'm gonna go back and play that thing in the next couple of weeks. It's great because I got it for Christmas. I played it. It's it's it takes place around Christmas. There's the Santa Claus you can go talk to who never has anything interesting to say ever. <laughs> has nothing to do with anything, but he's there. There's decorations. I got that's that's to to really get into the season. I gotta play Shenmue again. It's settled. There it is. Yeah, Louis writes in and says, "Do either of you load up and play through Shenmue just to see Santa Chan?" And yeah, it is. It's a yeah. festive game. It's a Christmasy game for me. And I think you have to sort of embrace the the charm and the love that went into it because a, a lot of people compare it unfavorably to the Yakuza game. But in Yakuza, like every single crevice, every nook and cranny of the world that they built is is filled with action and content and mini games and things you can do. But in Shenmue, they didn't do that. They just they built areas and places like i don't know case in point the the pizza parlor the storyline never requires you to go in there when you go <laughs> right. in there, you can't do anything in there no. there's just a music that goes let's all have some pizza and there's a, a an italian chef who speaks with a a comedic italian accent and <laughs> yes, they're doing this little animation of a pizza absolutely no reason why you go in there but because you can i just find that incredibly charming Right. And, and and again, like you got to take yourself back into 2001 or whatever and, and, and or the year 2000, 2001 like that. These types of games like now we're spoiled. Every game is an open world game. Every single video game you play is this gigantic open world. It's it's massive beyond any recognition possible. And, and like you said, everything's happening. There's something happening every step of the way. You, you do something, something's happening. You do something. Oh, here's here's something to hunt or someone to talk to or something that, you know, every open world game has just got something, 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 something happening, a fight that it can happen, an action that can happen. You can engage this mini game. You can engage this quest. You can do that. At this time, just being able to walk around a world, <laughs> a 3D world and open drawers. I don't know why it was exciting, but God damn it. Opening those drawers, it was the rush of adrenaline you had the you first time. The fridge, you're like, hold on a minute, let's see. No, it's just a notebook. But hey, that's pretty cool. And then you close the drawer <laughs> and you open the next drawer and it's nothing. And you're like, oh, okay. And then he would say stuff and you go, no, nothing here. And you're like, oh, this is incredible. This game is amazing. How'd they do this? It's, 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 you had to be there. If you weren't there, I, I don't know what to tell you. You had to be there. Yeah, it, it captures that sort of quiet 
but comforting mundanity of everyday life. And yeah, doing that's those why it's a great things. Christmas game too. Like I remember right. playing it on Christmas Day when I got it, and it was like snowing outside. And this was like one of the first years that we didn't have to go anywhere for Christmas. Like a lot of times we would open our gifts and get rushed up and like you know change clothes and then drive and then go do. Yeah, this is one of the first years where they were just like, you know, what? we're just going to hang out here. We're not going to go see anybody. I remember plopping down putting that game in it's snowing outside i have nothing to do and i'm like this is all i'm gonna do all day this is incredible it's 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 a peaceful game in a lot of ways very very peaceful yeah absolutely boring so, some people might say boring but screw those people peaceful is what i go with yeah definitely when you sort of crack onto the uh forklift truck bit and you do about two weeks of hard manual labor <laughs> really repetitive take the crates from here to here and that is literally it <laughs> it's it's a hard sell for casuals but uh real ones no you know, fuck the casuals. That's what I, I, I say about a lot of wrestling. And, uh, you know, when, when people say, oh, well, what about the casual fan? I always say, fuck the casuals. That's what I'm saying with Shenmue, too. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, and I'll very much say the same thing for fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling because I, I appear to have run off uh, the entire audience of New Japan. So half the people think that I'm a New Japan shill, the other half think I'm constantly burying it and I'm, I'm a miserable bastard so this is going to be doing a good then. no that that's how you know you've made it <laughs> trust me if someone who has done all those ebbs and flows with every single wrestling promotion and half the people think we're paid shills and half the people think we, we we hate it and we suck and we love the other companies um you've made it that 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 is how you know you got something that people care about and people listen to and you're passionate about your takes is that half the people hate you and half the people love you that that is you've made it that's it yeah, um, and it would be good to be doing that on terms of New Japan Pro Wrestling and not have to do it through the medium of uh, low effort AEW bait on Twitter because I'm not proud of that, even though it is extremely fun. <laughs> you um, got to do it sometimes. I'm, I'm not going to stop is, doing it. <laughs> it's a cottage industry, so you know you might as well get the get the getting while it's good. So go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was going to say. I don't think anyone wants to hear my opinions on New Japan Pro Wrestling because I've burned everyone out on that. But I think this is going to be a really refreshing chance to pick your brains as mm -hmm. um, not not a casual, casual fan, but someone who has not been in the mud as, as much as the rest of us Shin Nihon freaks. Um, what are your general thoughts on New Japan in 2023? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag because there's a lot of stuff that I think I've really liked about New Japan in 2023. And I think the biggest thing is that finally the influx of young wrestlers has come and that that's something i i was they were well overdue for for years and years and years and it was like they were kind of always tiptoeing around these guys or you know it was kind of it, it it we were in need of a big reset in terms of getting younger wrestlers getting them into this company and treating them like they're going to be the next wave that next wave has to come and that's kind of a problem that that i think you know, I don't know if the pandemic sort of stretched it out or whatever, but 2021 and 2022 was very much to me felt like, well, here's these guys. You remember them? They were all really good. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I have no problem with, you know, Okada and Naito and, and, and Tanahashi. And these guys are great. And, and and they're they're top tier wrestlers and they're, they're, you know, some of the best to ever do it. But you got to get ready for this next wave because these guys are getting slower and slower. And we saw that with Tanahashi, you know, watching it with our eyes of just like, oh, no, this guy is really slowing down really, really fast um naito to a lesser extent but you can see it a little bit in him and and i think you're starting to see it a little bit with okada as well i mean i know that he was declared dead in like what was it 2020 2019 or whatever where, where he was declared that his back was <laughs> done and he will never oh, wrestle ever again yeah like he's cooked it turns out that wrestlers sometimes and, and tanahashi is very guilty of this in, in, in numerous times as well uh sometimes wrestlers joel will exaggerate how hurt they are and might not even be hurt at all or might be hurt just a little bit and exaggerating that for, for effect. 
to make fans believe that they're maybe hurt more. It, it's wild, and I hate it. You know, I, I liked my wrestling back in the day when it was on the up and up, but uh, apparently this is the thing these, these guys are doing now. But you're starting to see it a little bit with with Okada, and it was like, okay, we now you can see that the end is somewhat near with this group. Who's that next wave? Who's those next? And it didn't feel like they really wanted to go to that next wave, whether they were just weren't confident in those guys, like you had great Ocon come and, and felt like, okay, here's the beginning of the great Ocon thing. And then he just kind of fluttered around a little bit and, and, and still is kind of just fluttering around a little bit. And then you had a, a few other guys come and go. I mean, the yo and show thing, I, I, I don't think anybody expected those guys to be like, you know, top, top tier main eventers or whatever, but you know, it also kind of felt like, all right, those guys came and went and then they're now they're just kind of doing their own thing and they're kind of on their own little Island and, and, and whatnot. And it was like, okay, we're really due for like, the next wave to come, like the next wave of main eventers, the next wave that you guys are going to push uh, as top tier guys. And I think we are hopefully, and, and 2023 did signify to me that we are getting in that direction a little bit. Now we'll talk about Wrestle Kingdom here in a little bit in terms of maybe not going further, far enough in that direction. But Yotsuji came in and was an instant sensation. It was like, yeah, that dude's got it. And, and, and he reinvigorated a lot of New Japan for me because I, I, that, that's my favorite things about you know any form of wrestling is that next wave coming in, the next group coming in, the next guys you know moving up the ladder and and, and becoming stars or whatever. That is stuff that I absolutely love. And you saw it immediately with Yotsuji. You're like, that dude is a star. Here we go. We're off to the races. That you know he comes out. He's immediately in the main event. Immediately getting huge crowd reactions. Loved it. So that is a great direction. Shoto Mino and and I've made my you know thoughts about Shota pretty clear on, on the flagship for years that I wanted a little bit more out of that guy and I wasn't quite getting it. We're getting it now. So, 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 and, and I'm, I've, I've eaten my crow. I've, I've made my apologies, whatever, whatever terms you want to use. I'm, I'm well aware now, you know, where we are with, uh, uh, you, you know, with, with Shotumino. He's clearly a dude. That guy is going to be a main eventer. The Osprey match is one of my favorite matches of the entire year. That guy has moved up the ladder. Renrita. Crying selfies, notwithstanding. Yeah. The, yeah. That's a little weird. I don't know. <laughs> that might not be the best idea, but hey, you know what? It happens. It sold the angle. The angle was pretty cool as well. Renrita. I'm TBD on Renarita. Uh, I know you're a House of Torture guy. I, uh, I'm one of those people that you said that just fucking cannot stand House of Torture and hates it. But I think that there is a potential there for Renarita. He needed something. You know what I mean? He needed, he was definitely the, the the guy who needed a little bit uh, out of that new crew, needed a little bit of extra you know love and, and, and care. So that part has got me excited. I'm like, okay, here we go. We got we got guys that are, are, are here in Umino and, and, and Suji in particular that are going to be main eventers, that can be that next wave, that can be those next guys. Yui Yomura is coming back. Like That had me excited too because I think he's got a ton of potential. And now as we're kind of coming into the end of the year, I don't want to say we're limping into the end of the year, but I think my, my intrigue of New Japan is, is, is a lot lower than it was even a couple months ago where it felt like, all right, all these new guys are ready to take that leap up. And now we're going to look at the at the Wrestle Kingdom show. We're looking at World Tag League. We're looking at these sort of things. And I, I, I want a little bit more out of those young guys. I want them to be pushed a little bit more. I want New Japan to be very deliberate in the idea that these guys are now the next wave. These guys are the new thing. And 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 I know that you know it's it's you got to crawl before you can walk. And 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 Gato and New Japan in particular take a while uh, to tell stories. But I, I'm I'm staring down the barrel at the end of this generation coming a lot quicker than I think a lot of other people are. And my worry is that these guys are not going to get ready in enough time and that we're going to have a very weird period here where there's kind of the main eventers are just kind of the same guys or the broken down guys. And these young dudes aren't ready to really take that leap up and step up. And that that's a little bit of my concern. I, I don't know if you kind of share that, but I, I feel like we're limping towards the end of 2023 after it felt like a couple months ago, we, we were, we were kind of turning the corner in, in, in building up this next generation. 
Yeah, by and large, I agree. I think when New Japan was at its peak, sort of around 2017, 2018, when you had those guys on top, like Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, Kenny Omega, there wasn't that next generation of young Japanese heavyweight talent that you could point to and say, yeah, these are going to be the next guys. You know, you have guys like Evil, Sanada, uh, but I don't think many people were saying like, yes, you can hang your hat on these guys, find the flag for the, the company for the future. But now mm. they have done done a really good job restocking the dojo with blue chip prospects who I think are capable of, of main eventing and leading the company. But the problem is, for me at least, the conservative nature of New Japan booking that they do like to take their time with these things and you very rarely get the, the pure rocket strap push that I might like for some of these guys. I mean, you, you could argue whether or not Suji got that, but again, looking where these guys are at the end of the year, to me, that progress is frustratingly slow. Right. He I, was there, I, and it felt like yeah. we were there with him. And I was like, here we go, baby. This is one of these guys. And now he's just kind of, like, yeah, he's kind of limping into the end of the year. And it's like, oh, man, all right. Like, we're kind of, we're not back at square one with him. Obviously, he proved he can be a main eventer. But I thought he was like, boom, we're here, and he's there. And 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 I don't know that I feel that same way uh, a couple of months later, even though I, I, I'm, I'm, I have all the confidence in his talents and his abilities and, and the fact that he's going to be a future main eventer. But... Yeah, like he felt like the guy that they were putting that rocket pack on. Like the rocket pack was fucking on him, and now it, it feels like it's not. And that, and that's a little con- – not concerning, but a little, you know, disappointing, I guess is probably the right word. Yeah. yeah, and I think in previous years, New Japan could get away with taking their time with those sort of slow builds for the young guys because they had such an outstanding main event talent at the top to be able to keep fans interested. But I'm not sure they have the luxury – of taking such a slow burn with these guys when you've got guys like Sanada and Tamatonga, you know, filling out the, the top end of your card. Those are some of the feature programs at the top of Wrestle Kingdom. And I just, a lot of the Wrestle Kingdom booking, which we'll come on to is just me sort of gesticulating wildly at the card saying they ain't him. So that's, that's my problem really. I think mm-hmm. the, the guys that are being pushed and elevated this year don't, to, to me, are not exciting. I mean, what what do you see as the biggest weaknesses? Like, what would you change in 2024 if you had the book? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to do this to Sonata, but, like, this guy, he's nowhere near my my world title picture. Uh, you know, and and guy looks great in a suit. And and I was excited at the early 2023, you know, that, that we had the, you know, just five guys and kind of the rebrand and that sort of stuff. There was a lot of exciting stuff, but the same Sonata kind of reared its ugly head. And, and, and for people that watched him in Wrestle 1 and people that watched, you know, his entire career – it's kind of just the same guy. And it's like, I, this guy just you used the term a little bit earlier. This guy just ain't it. I, I just don't think he's a main event level talent. He just doesn't get me excited. And I don't think he gets a lot of other people excited as, as, as being a top, top tier uh, main eventer. So yeah, for me, it's like after, after Wrestle Kingdom, where I assume that he loses to Naito, I, I think I push Sonata back to, you know, just kind of the middle. I, I, I don't know that he's a guy that I go back to or that I circle as, okay, we have, we have this guy that we can do, you know, have in the world title picture moving forward. I, I just don't, I feel like this has been his reign and it's been fine. Like I, I, it's not, it hasn't been a disaster in any, any way, shape or form, but I just, I, it, it, there's just doesn't feel like there, en- there's much energy and it just doesn't feel like it's really a, a, it feels unbecoming to what, you know, new Japan's main event picture was for so many years. And it was kind of, you knew no matter what IWGP world heavyweight title, IWGP heavyweight title, whatever the name was, you were going to get a, a spectacular match. No matter what, you were going to get 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and it was going to be awesome. And that was kind of the case for hell. You can go back to, you know, you go, 
trace it all the way back to Tanahashi and Kojima and then Okada and, and, you know, AJ Styles and then the Omega run. And then it's just like, you know, for so long and then Osprey and Shingo and, 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 and Naito and all these guys, like you always knew shit, there's going to be an IWGP heavyweight title match. It's going to be great. And now you don't really, I don't know that I necessarily always think that with Sonata. I'm like, I don't know. It could be. I mean, it might be. And I think he's had good matches, but I, I, I don't know that he's had many great, great matches in this reign. And I think that kind of hurts a little bit because you can't point to New Japan as being the company where, hey, you know what? Whatever you think about it, in the main event, you're going to get a 40-minute, just spectacular, awesome, incredible match. Like, that hasn't really become the case. Yeah, you know, there's no consensus Sonata match of the year count. No, you know, it's like at the end of the year, it's like, yeah, we're going to do our match of the year for Voices Wrestling. And I mean, I'd be surprised if there's too many, that many, you know, Sonata matches, you know, competing for the top 100 or the top 50. And I, I don't think there'd be any in, in the, there clearly will be no in the top, none in the top 10 and none probably in the top 25 either. So that that's kind of like a concerning thing too, because it's like, shit, well, that used to be kind of the calling card of this company. The top, top of the card used to always be relied upon to be, you know, great, great. And, and that's, that's probably one of the things I do. And, and more than anything, like, yeah, in 2024, I just think that next wave has to come in a little bit. And I think we've seen, I mean, how many times do we have to tell the Tamatonga story again? You know, I no, like if, if, if we're good, I think we're good. I think everyone's good. <laughs> Tamatonga. I can't imagine anybody on this earth that needs to, you know, have another Tamatonga story told. I, I, I think I'm good. And, you know, in terms of, of, you know, Naito winning this IWGP world heavyweight title and, and, and defeating Sonata, like, he wins, but then it's like, okay, what's, what's next? You know, I, and that's, I think that's one of the things that I, I, I'm struggling with the most with new Japan for wrestling is, is what's next, who's next, what's coming. And that, and that, you know, used to always be a pretty cool thing about new Japan is that you could kind of see months and years ahead of time. You could kind of plot out, all right, the next guy up is this guy. And the next dude up is going to be this guy. And when this guy, like you could really plot this thing out. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm really, I, I'm, fairly certain that Naito is going to beat Sonata and win the title at Wrestle Kingdom and do the and, and do the roll call and do all that sort of stuff but then okay what's next you know what what what's that next program who's the next guy what what are we doing after that i don't know i like i i don't know that i'm really that interested in, in that so i think just it's just to me it's just getting those next guys up i i, I think that's the 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 top half of this roster has just been very samey for a very 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 long time and i think it is now finally time to kind of shake that up a little bit and if it's telling people hey we're not renewing your contracts and you know pursue stuff stuff other way or go for it but i think just anything just just getting pushed and and, and making sure that shoto umino and, and yota suji and ren narita and those guys are focal points throughout 2024 is is what i would do more than anything yeah and i think you've highlighted on what my issue is with the wrestle kingdom card that they're playing it very, very safe. And obviously the tickets are doing well. We're getting a lot of people who, I think it's just the, the Tokyo Dome regulars. We've got a lot of international uh, travelers coming in to see the big show. Uh, and I think Night, the, the prospect of Naito winning the title and doing the roll call at the end of the show is doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to the ticket sales because Sonata doesn't appear to be doing much promotion of no. this match. Very, very little buzz, you know, no interviews no excitement like nothing on the undercards that's making us think oh i can't wait to see this match but yeah as you said what is the hook for the casual dome viewer who's going to watch the show to come back and watch new beginning is it just the prospect of the naito reign is it oh come watch naito defend the championship because i would have thought it would be with tickets doing so well that's kind of a free hit to to take a, a few more risks and be a bit more bold with the booking and feature some of those younger guys so that 
a person who's not really seen the likes of Suji or Shota Umino can see and think, wow, yeah, these guys are really good. I, I want to come back and see what they're up to next time. And I'm not saying that they'll be doing nothing on the Wrestle Kingdom card, but they're not in any featured matches as of yet, which is which is disappointing. And I, I, again, I'm reminded me very on this, but the Wrestle Kingdom card as it stands at the moment is not particularly exciting to me. It, it really isn't. Yeah. And that's, uh, it, it's very disappointing too, because when we started, you know, the first couple of matches, we had Danielson and Okada and obviously Sonata and Naito, we, we knew it was going to happen. And it was like, okay. And then we had, you know, Saber and Tanahashi. These are all pretty good. And it's like, all right, yeah, that, that's fine. I'm, I'm kind of okay with all these. And then it just started the new ones that came in next one up was just kind of like, you know, all right, like, you know, Hiromu and, and, and Desperado is, is a match that I, I you know, it's going to be good. Like, I have no doubt that it's going to be good, but man, I've seen that, you know, like what's, you know, I, I, I don't know that I need another chapter in the story some people might and that that's great but like i don't know that it's going to add a whole lot of you know I, to me it doesn't add a whole lot of intrigue to the card i've seen the match i know it's going to be good but i'm not super excited about you know who wins or who loses and what's going to happen with the future of like it, it it's a match in a vacuum that will be good but like what are the long-term ramifications of el desperado beats Hiromo for the title there really is not you know what i mean it's like oh okay now desperado has it or Hiromo beats him it's like oh okay now Hiromo beats. you know I, like I, I i'm just not that interested in that and you know you mentioned the main event it's a lot of people doing their own headcanon, like you said, and that and that's good, and that that's fine. I have no problem with that. But like, the hype of the main event is just the fact that if you are into Lij and you're into Naito doing the roll call at Tokyo Dome and and hopefully not being interrupted on the roll call, that's it. Like that's your hook. And for people that maybe are not into Lij or not into it that level, what's your hook there for that match? You know, it's like Naito's going to probably win. And but like you said, I don't know. Could are they going to get silly and think, oh shit, well. <laughs> You know, we sold all these tickets, and hey, maybe we can we, we can do a little bit of a program here. Maybe we can, you know, dangle that carrot in front of Naito fans again. Like, I, I think that would probably be a bad move, and I think just give the guy the roll call uh, and have Full him win WWE the title. WWE sicko mode. Yeah, it would be pretty wild for Kato. That's, uh, but hey, eh, yeah, he's done it before. But uh, no, th- this like, if you're not an Lij fan, I don't know how you could be excited about this main event i I really don't like it's it's unless you're and i mean like a very very big lij fan and really into the idea that well naito's gonna do the roll call okay and and that's good if you're into that and you're gonna buy a ticket to go to wrestle kingdom to see naito do the roll call more power to you i think that's gonna be great it's gonna be a huge huge moment an awesome moment a very emotional moment for a lot of people cool i I am not saying that you shouldn't enjoy that or shouldn't like it but for somebody on the outside looking in or somebody that just doesn't really care that much about lij i don't know how you can sell this to, to someone like how, how do you tell somebody that like you said you know not using the casual fan or whatever but maybe someone that just jumps in and watches a couple new they watch the g1 sometimes they watch wrestle kingdom like what are you gonna tell them to stay up for you, you know like I, I don't know if there's a big hook to say oh man you got to be up got to make sure you're, you're, you're awake to watch sonata versus naito at you know 4 a.m or whatever your local time it, it, it's it's a tough sell and i think that's really what wrestle kingdom in general is is you know you have Will Ospreay versus John Moxley, which I think would have been a great sell. And when that angle was happening, I was hooting and hollering, going, "Oh man, Wrestle Kingdom is back, baby!" And then David Finley showed up, and then I was like, "Oh boy, oh no, this is not good." And and the angle I think was good, and and the way that they approached it was 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 good. The problem was is I don't know that anybody can be interested about a a, a, a three way dance between Osprey, Moxley, and David Finley. I mean, it's 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 obvious probably who's taking what fall and and who's going to be involved in the fall and all that sort of stuff. So. Is it? Who who do you think? Who's going? I imagine that. So the the thing is, I get. Well, you know what? I guess we're complicated a little bit now that Osprey is officially signed signed with AEW. Because for me, before it was like, oh, obviously, like you know, you know, Osprey can take that fall. They probably don't want Moxley to take the fall. 
Osprey can take the fall. Finley can win because I think the title is going to move over to, to to Finley. Now I guess it's a little more up in the air because he is signed to AEW. I still think Finley probably wins, and I think he probably beats Osprey. I could see some situation where where Moxley does the DDT and and uh, you know Finley throws Osprey out of the ring and then pins Moxley and some stuff like that. So maybe my 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 obvious pick isn't as obvious anymore, but but I still think that's the way I'm going. I I, I can't foresee Moxley or Osprey winning this. No, I I have no idea. I mean, there's Ash on our Discord is labeling this show the Tonio Dome, and there's all conspiracy <laughs> theories good. about how <laughs> Tony Khan is uh, influencing the booking here. There's a uh, lot, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on this show that that is does kind of yeah, because because now I'm like I'm I'm sort of second guessing that because yeah, Will is signed now, so do you want him taking falls? But now it's like all right, now okay. This guy can't take falls because he is going <laughs> to be in your company in a little bit. Like, what are we doing here? Like, somebody's got to take a fall here. And I think Moxley probably they'll try to protect a little bit more than Will. And I think Will is more than open to losing, obviously, a little bit more. And and not that not that Moxley would care either. But um, well, no, I should point out that Mox has not taken a, a a pin in New Japan since he joined AEW. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> never mind. I, I, man, is that true? Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. The last, the last time he was defeated in New Japan was against Juice Robinson in the G1 in 2019. Oh, right. Yeah, because he hadn't technically signed there yet. Right, right, right. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess there's a first time for everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Oro Osprey just hits like, you know. I can see them doing that as well. Like, it's David Finley. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, United Empire being this sort of cross promotional thing, and Osprey's still the leader, and they're doing that because he opened over there, and he's got the whatever this new championship is in A Type. I'm scared they're going to do that as well. So, I don't want David Finley being a a featured push guy as a, a singles champion, but to me, that's like the lesser of three evils here. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, and that's so again, I guess like. You know, the intrigue, again, that we're talking about here isn't what the match is going to be. If it was Will versus Moxley, it's like, fuck, that's going to be a hell of a match or whatever. That, that's going to be something special to watch. That's a hook. The hook that we're talking about here, I, I don't know that I'm interested in the match itself, but I'm interested in who the booking politics of who's going to win this or whatever. And I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, it, uh, that's not a nice, fun way of looking at, at Wrestle Kingdom, is it? Right. Exactly. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. Right? We're talking about Wrestle it's Kingdom. Being like, well, how is this going to affect AEW booking? No, that's not what it's supposed to be. That's all we're supposed to do here. You know, that, that's not what this is for. It's Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. This is not what it's supposed to be at all. So I think that, that you know, that definitely hurts a little bit. And, you know, the, the you know, Sonata Nights, like I mentioned there, if you're not into the roll call, I don't know how you could be that intrigued to that. I, Danielson and Okada, look, those are two of my favorite wrestlers ever. I think they had a good match, but not a great match at Wrestle Dream. I think they can do better. I think that'll be spectacular. I'm into that. No problem there. So th- my hook for Wrestle Kingdom, if I need anything, is Danielson versus Okada. I think that'll rock. And and I assume that Okada will get the win. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? <laughs> anything could happen uh, with, with these guys. But, um, no, I mean, I, that's I, a real pickle for Tony, isn't it? Because when Okada signs, I don't know if he's already signed with AEW, then you know the, the, Tony's got to have one of his guys lose that match. <laughs> right, right, right. So why is everything on AEW? Well, time limit draw. What are we doing here? Yeah, you know what? Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a time limit draw here. But uh, no, I mean, that match has got me all... I'm, I'm all in on that match, no matter what, just because those are two of my all-time favorites. So that's my hook. And I think that's kind of what's keeping me through Wrestle Kingdom more than anything. And the rest of the show was, I don't know, fine. You know, Saber and Tanahashi, I feel like we've seen that a thousand times. And and I don't know that Tanahashi can still go to that level, but it's Zach and, and he's spectacular. So I think it'll be fine. And then Shingo versus Tamatonga. I mean, God damn it. I, I, sell me on this one, Joel. Please try. I, I would love to be sold on, on Tamatonga versus Shingo Takagi because I, I can't get there. I quite liked it a bit when they did it 
in October. I don't know why they're doing it again now. I to to me this reeks of they had a plan but had to go back on it for some reason because to me it seemed that there were all the signs pointing towards Shingo Tsuji participating in the World Tag League. Yes. And yeah, then yeah. it seemed like they did a 180 and this it, it felt a bit like hotshot booking. So I don't believe that Tamatonga versus Shingo was the original plan for that. Which is a much better plan. And that, you know, you you put that match on the show and, and my interest level on this show skyrockets because that's like, uh, I, A, that's going to be a hell of a match and B, it has some real stakes to it. You know, it, 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 it sh- Yotsuji beating Shingo to win the Neverwell Point title is a transformative. No, no, sorry. I, I meant them them entering World Tag League together. Oh, they were doing loads I, I of tag stuff together, like doing tag moves together and talking about. Oh, how I see. I see. Up. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, hey, either way, it would have been fine for me. But no, it like. It, Absolutely. I, I think that now to your, I, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, I that would be way better uh, as well for those guys if, if they were in the mix here and, and and doing that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's hard to, I, I can't get sold on a Tamatanga Shingo. And, and I'm with you. I thought the match in October was good, but it was like, all right, that was good. Like I felt like I was, I, I was placated. I was good. I had my desserts and I was like, ah, I am done. You, know, you slide the plate <laughs> over the table and you're like, that's good. That is the best it's probably ever going to be. I think I'm good. And then they're going to just going to run it back here. And that, that, is 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 painful because yeah I just I I can't I can't get sold on a Tamatanga thing. Uh, circling back to Okada, Al says, "What are the chances of Okada actually leaving?" Um, I think better than I would have expected a couple of years ago. I do think that because the relationship is healthy enough that there might be a situation where you could do a, a, a kind of a dual thing where maybe it's every other month he's one place or for the big shows he's in New Japan. I don't know. I If I was betting, I would still bet that he just sticks with New Japan Pro Wrestling and that all this is just a leverage play to kind of say, hey, guys, pony up this cash. Or if you don't have cash, give me some equity stake or give, give me something a little bit more to keep me here. Keep me here. I, I'm telling you I want to be here, but you need to kind of up the ante a little bit because I got this offer. I got this offer. I got this thing going. Like That's what I'm assuming is the case, and I would I, that would still be my betting favorite is that he's just trying to put a little bit of heat on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but hey, maybe that what turns around and what happens is, is AEW gives him this incredible offer and very similar to what they said with Will Ospreay where, hey, he can go work New Japan whatever he wants and, and we're going to be hands-off and all that sort of stuff. And it sounds good now, but you know, will that actually happen in, in, in practicality? We'll see. That would be fine, I guess, but I would, I mean, that would be a real, real gut punch to New Japan Pro Wrestling if this guy is mm. even splitting his time half with AEW. Or at most is an AEW guy that can do New Japan sometimes. Like that would be an absolute gigantic gut punch uh, to New Japan for wrestling, and it would maybe encourage them to build up that next group and, and get those next guys going because you're going to have to. But it would feel, I mean, it feel like the heart getting ripped out of that company, right? If if Okada's got that graphic, you know, the Okada's yeah. all elite graphic, like that would just be a a oh my god because. I think then people would really start because there's been whispers and you, you talked you've talked about it of course on on the show that like financially there's you know it's not the best <laughs> of times for for New Japan for wrestling and 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 maybe you know competing for talent on a contract level is becoming more and more difficult and that sort of stuff. So Okada leaving to go to AEW would just be absolutely gigantic and it'd be it'd be the, one of the biggest wrestling stories in Japanese wrestling history because what other guy of that level left to go to America? You know what I mean? Like it, it is never. You've had Tenru leave All Japan to go to SWS. You've had, obviously, the Exodus and, and, and stuff like that from All Japan and little things like that. But, man, this would be an all-time, Nakamura, all-time thing. he'd be the biggest up to this point. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
we hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast network if i could have a moment of your time i'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors eufy video lock eufy video lock is a smart lock a 2k camera and a doorbell all three in one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint 
recognition, and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints, and in one second, it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months, and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking, a remote control with a 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or, wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, yeah. But oh. even that, I, I, that's not that's not on the level of a uh, Okada. And I, I, what I can't dismiss this one outright. I know I heard plenty of reasons why people think it's absurd because of you know the great position he's got. He's lined up to have an office job with Bushi Road in the future or whatever, and his his wife's successful career, and they've got a child. Blah blah blah. But I don't think I can say there is zero chance of it happening because he's got to be looking at whatever money. I don't know, like Will Ospreay is making and thinking, huh, and it would be foolish of him not to, as you know, as you guys would say, kick the tyres. And right. I do well, wonder about the the booking of Okada because the whole first six months of the year and, and sort of writ large for New Japan, it seems like it's been booked by two different people from the, the first half of the year and the, the last half of the year. And we started off with this really compelling story about Okada taking on all the Zoomers and, you know, fighting against Kiyomir and all the kids and all that. And that was great. But then... He's just sort of quietly taken a backseat right. with this, this the Never Six Mans and the Danielson stuff. And yeah, it does make me think, hmm, what what is going on there? No, it is. Yeah. And that's one of the things I loved about the early part of 2023. And I forgot to mention that. And I have a, you know my notes here of just saying like Okada's 
year, and, and and I think his year was started off awesome because I love the idea of grumpy ass. Okay, I, I forget. I got to go back and watch some of those matches. Those are some of the most fun I ever had. It's just grumpy ass veteran Okada, <laughs> just so pissed about Kiyomiya, so pissed about all these young guys in his company and getting off my get off my lawn and stuff. That was awesome. I forget how great that stuff was in early 2023. But you're right. That it's another thing of us like limping into uh, the end of the year where it's like Okada just feels like a complete non-factor in this company right now and doesn't feel like. He's really involved in any of the top level stuff. Doesn't feel like he's involved in the main event mix. Doesn't feel like he's, you know, what's the next, what, what, what's his 2024 look like? What, what, what stories are being developed for his 2024? It feels like almost nothing. And that you, you're right. And it's, I don't know if there's, I, I think there's, there's smoke. I don't know if there's a full blown fire yet, but there's smoke. I, I think there absolutely is smoke. And it's like, what was it? You know, what, 2016 or whatever that he went to like the Royal Rumble or whatever. And everyone's like, Oh no. And it was like, okay, at, no, at, that was a 0% chance. There was no chance in hell that that dude was ever going to go to, uh, was it SummerSlam or Royal Rumble? Do you remember what I'm talking about with where he went to America and went to some WWE show and they were like, Oh, he's backstage. Oh no. And I was like, everybody knew that. Yeah. No, he's just probably yeah. trying to just hang out with people. Like there was no chance in hell that that guy was going to leave at that time. But 2024, and for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned there, for some of the same reasons that people say, oh, he's not going to go because he has a wife and a young child and a family and all that sort of stuff. It's like, well, maybe he looks at that money and goes, all right, well, I have a wife and a child, and this is a chance to make life-changing they money. Ain't cheap, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you would know for sure. Like, maybe he's looking at it and going, all right, well, this, is, this can change our lives. And I don't have to be there forever. I don't have to do this forever. And maybe they're going to let me do Wrestle Kingdom and let me do this show and that show and that show. It'll probably undoubtedly be better on my body. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, I, I could see it. You know, I, I some people immediately say, well, no way. There's no way. There's no way because of the family. And I think that might actually work in the opposite way where, you know, that check gets slid in front of him. and He goes, Whew, OK, hold on a minute. And you're going to let me live in Japan and I can work in do this and kind of run my own, you know, do my own rules and kind of come in when, when, when I need to. And, and that sort of stuff, like if that check's big enough and, and, and he's got enough things built into that, it's not impossible. And that's why I'm with you. It's, it's, I, I don't think it's a 0% chance. Again, I would bet that he just sticks with new Japan, but I think there's, there, there's certainly smoke to the fire more, more so than I, and WWE, I, I, I think WWE is a 0% chance to me, honestly, I, 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 I would be, the heart would be ripped out of me. If that guy shows up in, in WWE, like that would stun me. To, to a level that I, I've never, I mean, that would be a completely transformative way of how WWE acquires talent as well and who they try to acquire and that sort of stuff. That would absolutely blow me away. I think they think that they're in the mix, but I don't know that they're truly in the mix. Now you are probably marginally more uh, favorably inclined towards AEW at this point. Uh, we know you've had <laughs> your ups and downs in the company. <laughs> Uh, don't, a, tell, don't tell the people who run the company that because they don't they would not agree with you Joel but go on please well I was going to ask for what's your perception of the AEW New Japan relationship at the moment um very one-sided at this point very very one-sided at this point and and there was times where it felt like a little bit of a push and pull and a little bit of a you know more collaborative relationship it it really feels like I I I don't know that New, New Japan is really getting much of anything out of it right now. Um, I guess you get Moxley sometimes. Cool. Um, you got Brian Danielson coming in for Wrestle Kingdom. All right. That's that's cool. But yeah, it, it, it feels very, very one-sided. Uh, Forbidden hello, Doors, Gates show. of Agony. Gates of Agony. Oh, right. <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> and they were, they were fun. They were fun. So you know what? Yeah, right. Gates of Agony. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Oh, wait, that's ROH, been... isn't it? That doesn't count. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. They are officially ROH because, yeah, didn't they get parentheses ROH next to their name? Yes. Uh, on the tournament? Okay, well, yeah, strike that from the record. We are wrong. All right, we're back to uh, <laughs> it being a bad relationship. But, uh, no, it just feels like it's very one-sided at this point. And, and And if I'm New Japan, I'm not sure what I'm really getting out of this anymore, and I'm not sure it's really worth kind of still pursuing it. it forbidden door is great i think that you know what you do maybe is you do the forbidden door and you a little bit it's good to be on good terms i think but but i don't know that i i don't know that like relationship it, it doesn't feel like a relationship anymore really it just feels like very one-sided very you know hey we want to send our talent to america or our talents coming to america or our talents you know because that seems to be the bigger thing is that a lot of guys from new japan have kind of an open door to AEW whenever they want to go. And if whatever they're in America or whenever they're doing a stopover or they're coming in for a New Japan Strong Show or whatever, they can go work AEW and that sort of stuff. And that's good. But I don't know. Yeah, again, like, I'm not sure that New Japan is getting that much out of this relationship at this point. And, and I think that's sort of... I don't know. Do you kind of agree as well? Like, it's, it doesn't feel like a very symbiotic relationship right now. It just feels like AEW is glad to have them and they're glad to use some of their talent. But I don't know that New Japan's really getting much benefit of it anymore. I, I know how these things work. I know how the politics work. The, the shit trickles downwards, and there's always that power imbalance where one side of the relationship ends up getting beaten like a drum. Because Noah have been on the the sharp end of that with the New Japan relationship, but I don't have any problem with New Japan guys losing to AEW guys. I don't have any problem with AEW signing New Japan guys. What I don't like is when they are fucking with New Japan booking and New Japan yeah. titles, which it feels like they are doing. I don't like being sort of strung along saying, you know, oh, well, this guy's signed for AW, but, he, you know, he might come back. He's going to do some New Japan dates. Don't worry. And uh, storylines and factions and stuff not getting clean endings and, and conclusive resolutions just because there is that relationship. And, oh, they might come back at some point. That That's what irritates me. Yeah, it, it just yeah, it feels like New Japan is being forced to care a little bit more about AEW's, you know, emotions and and booking and all that sort of stuff. But the same is not being when, when those New Japan guys come to AEW, it's just like, hey, here's Okada, here he is, and you know what I mean. Like it, nothing that has to do with any of the stories, nothing that really has any meat to it. You know, will largely just kind of you know after the the forbidden door just kind of like a dude that's like oh yeah will osprey's there okay cool you know what i mean like it's just yeah it it, it does it, but then on the other side new japan has to be very adaptive to AEW's booking and very adaptive to what AEW wants to do and very adaptive to to this this and this and i don't know that the benefits are are are, are great enough to to really worry about that you know yeah you have danielson and, and russell kingdom and that's great and i like that but it, it's not enough to, I think, you know, completely have to just, you know, succumb to this and just, you know, every time they, they book your guys, they could just do whatever the hell they want with them. And when you book their guys, you have to be very careful and very precise about what you do and, and, and make sure you do it right and stuff. So uh, it, that's a little troubling. Uh, all right. Well, unless there's anything else from the rest of Kingdom cards, shall we move on to the, the main event, the World Tag League? Because that's what oh, all God, the yes. listeners are yeah. here for, to <laughs> hear about. So... We have our final set for, uh, I believe it's Sunday, so the final of the World Tag League is going to be Bishamon, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto against Gorillas of Destiny. Are they still Gorillas of Destiny? Gorillas of Destiny 2, uh, Hikaleo, and El Fantasmo. How, how are we feeling about that as the final? Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't... <sighs> Here's the thing, okay. I think Hikuleo is good now. I, is that is that kind of the yes. common is that the common thing no, though, that he's no. good now? Welcome to my island. Oh, you're the oh you're is it an island? I didn't know if it was an island or not. 
there's very few of us. I've oh, been well. the, felt like one of the lone Hikolo defenders since the, the Jay White match. Actually, I thought Jay White, Jay White did a tremendous job making Hikolo look good, and they did a terrible job capitalizing on that because we didn't see him again till the G1. And then when he was in the G1, I thought he looked pr- pretty good in that. I thought I would agree. The, the younger guys like Suji in particular did, did a really tremendous job making him look good, and surprised that he made it out of the block and, and made it to the quarterfinals. And they got eliminated then. I mean, I don't think any complaints about him not going any further than that. But I don't think people, I don't think it's fair to complain that, oh, you know, we didn't capitalise on the Jay White thing. Oh, we're not doing anything with Hikolo. And then also complain that he's made it to the World Tag League final. To me, this is a, a good spot for him. This is a nice little push. He seems to have found his groove here. And we might be in the minority, but I, I also probably one of the few ELP apologists. I think he's done well in this spot as well. I think he's really connected with the crowds. The the fans in Japan seem to love him. And he does a, a lot of pandering to the crowd, but they they like that stuff. And mm. I think whilst they may not be blowing the doors off in terms of star ratings, I there, there, there's something about this Hikolo ELP team, which I think is good. And you know, if it's preventing us from having ELP in that, never-ending Tamatonga, David Finley, never-open-way title cycle of violence, then that is something to celebrate. So I am actually okay with Hikano and ELP being the final. There's other teams that maybe I would prefer to see there, but that's one I, I can't really moan about that one too much. No, no, I, I definitely can't either. And and he's the th- the biggest thing with Hikaleo is he now he he's fully understanding how to be a big guy, and that's what I've really kind of noticed. Like you mentioned the Jay White match uh, through the G one, and I really noticed it in this match. And a lot of credit to TMDK too. And we're talking about the semifinal here with Nichols and Haste. Nichols and Haste made sure that that guy looked like he was the biggest fucking monster in the world. I mean, every time he slammed them, they were taking these big giant bumps and jumping all over the ring and stuff. And he'd, you know, lift them up and they jump extra high or whatever. And it just made everything look so, so good. And, and this is like, that's what, you know, I, and, and I think this is good for New Japan to have a guy like this. And that was always kind of the problem with Hikuleo. It was like, be big, you're a giant, be big, work big. You know, you don't have to pretend to be like athletic. You don't have to pretend to be, just be a monster. You know what I mean? Be a monster. And if you throw in the athleticism, that will be great. That's like classic, you know, WCW giant stuff where it was like very early on in the giant's career, he was doing moonsaults and doing all that sort of stuff. And it's like, hold on a minute. <laughs> like, don't, why don't be a big man first and then surprise people with the moonsaults. Don't go with the moonsaults right away. Work on being a big guy first. And I think that's finally what Hikaleo it's, it's finally worked after a long time. Cause I, I used to see this guy live, uh, you know, when he was in America touring and stuff and I'd see him and I'd always have the same complaint, like work big, be a monster. You're huge. <laughs> Use that, you know, make that, make that part of your thing. And, and he has definitely done that. And I think being in a team with El Fantasmo helps that as well, because you have Phantasma, who's obviously smaller, and then they do the big spots where you know they'll do a cool move, and Phantasma will go to give him the high five or whatever, and Phantasma's got to jump real high to get him, and it's like, yeah, this guy's huge. Like, there's ways to kind of trick it to make the fans think, wow, this guy's even bigger than I thought he was, and 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 Phantasma does a good job of of emphasizing that. Hikaleo's now working to that, and I thought in this match in particular, TMDK did, did a great job of making him look like a big man. So I have no complaints about the Phantasma Hikaleo. That that is fine with me, no issues. I think there's, like you said, there's probably a few better teams in the World Tag League that could have went through, but like I didn't want TMDK. Honestly, I, I'm much more happy with 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 Phantasma and Hikaleo getting that push. And you know, if I can't come on here and complain about the same people and the same teams and the same stuff all the time, and then be like, ah, yeah, I didn't want girls because this this is a new ish. You know, there's been a lot of Bishamon versus Girls of Destiny, but never this Girls of Destiny, never this Phantasma Hikaleo thing. So. Um, I'm fine with them moving forward. And I think it's a pretty fun team. And I'm, I'm an ELP guy too. So 
Uh, I guess it's a, is that an even smaller island? There's a few more people on that island, though, right? I think uh, there's a couple. No, no, probably even, even Oh, fewer. there's less. It oh, seems no. like most I'm really, of I'm really lost. I don't know what people do. I, I've lost the the the. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know the tenor of current New Japan fans. Okay, well, you know what? I don't really like people anyway, and I like islands to my. You know, a beach to yourself. There's nothing better. So you know what? I'm more than happy. You and I sitting on that beach, drinking drinks, enjoying the weather, and enjoying El Fantasma and Hikaleo. That's fine. I'll be on the island with you. That's no problem. So uh, yeah, I'm fine with those guys. I, I have no problem there. Uh, the flip side, Bishiman. I mean, I, I know why they're there, and obviously you need Bishamon, and I like Bishamon, but I kind of wish maybe they went a little more fun with this and tried to put a different team here. In the, I, I Again, I know, I understand, I get it, but in a year where it's like, let's start working towards something new and, and, and new things and, and new people, I feel like the Bullet Club War Dogs would have been a fun one, to, but then Girls of Destiny versus Bullet Club War Dogs, is, am I into that? I, it's kind of a monkey paw situation in terms of this, so I... I I don't know. With, with the semifinals, the way they were set up, I guess the final that we got is, is fine. Like that's that's probably the best way to, to to book both these matches. But I do think that there was maybe some 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 different teams that could have moved up to this this spot uh, instead of Bishamon that really could have you know you know like like, like you said a little bit earlier, like a Shingo and, and, and Yotsuji team that would have been really cool and exciting for the tag division. Bishamon going back and doing it again. That's, you know, I like them, but it, 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 it feels, it feels samey on a, on a Wrestle Kingdom card that already feels very samey and, and a, and a company that feels very samey right now as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a safe pick, isn't it? I feel that this is sort of them throwing Bishamon a bone and maybe they don't want to have uh, an, an all foreigners final. And I get that. Right. Right. Maybe there's a bit of a a disconnect between us as Western fans. I mean, I really like Bishamon, but they've not, done anything particularly thrilling lately and you know Goto's been holding some injuries so yeah they, you know it's not lighting my world on fire but I understand why they've done it so it's not the sexiest final but it's one that I I'm not as up in arms about as other people that like, like you said there's other teams I would have rather had there but it's it's okay but what my, my the bigger question marks for me is who wins and what's next? So uh, Booze says, are you looking forward to FTR coming out to challenge when Bishamon wins? So uh, there's a, a lot of directions this could go, Rich. Uh, could you rank the Wrestle Kingdom possibilities in order of psychic damage caused? So we either have uh, Hikaleo and ELP winning World Tag League, leading to a rematch, Bishamon versus G.O.D. again. We get some sort of four-way or three-way schmoz with Dogs and TMDK inserted into the mix, or Bishamon win World Tag League and then choose their challengers, choosing possibly an AEW team, maybe Aussie Open, you know, they they never technically lost those titles, maybe FTR again, maybe even the Young Bucks. What do you think? Mm. I don't like any of those. <laughs> Is there a D? <laughs> Can I choose D? Uh, ELP versus, and Hikaleo versus G.O.D. Um, no, no, thank you. No, 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 no. That that is far and away my my least favorite of of, of those. Um, the four way, I'm I'm naturally inclined to not enjoy you know four way matches and, and especially you know New Japan. You know we used to go that well a lot for Wrestle Kingdom a lot of times with the juniors or, or whatever. So that. I guess that one would be number two for me, uh, I suppose. And number one, I guess, <laughs> but I don't love it, uh, is Bishamon versus an AEW team of the Young Bucks, Aussie Open, or FTR. But it also speaks to what you were talking about a little bit earlier. It's like, how much of this show is going to be like AEW-centric and and related to AEW and about AEW and with AEW? Because like that feels like another one. But I I, I, I would be more interested in Bishamon versus the Bucks or Bishamon versus uh, FTR than I would uh, ELP and Hikaleo versus you know G.O.D. and then the four-way 
schmoz thing. I, I I can't get excited about the four way schmoz. I, I just can't get there. But but certainly more excited than you know, uh, the, you know the God versus God match. I, I I that is so far down the list. No I, no, I, I, I said it, uh, just the immediate rematch because obviously Bishamon are the tag champions at the moment. So if ELP oh, and Hikaru okay. beat them, then presumably they'd be facing them again. Got so, it, got it, got it. And, okay, and sorry. I thought you were saying rematch. like we're getting like the original GOD versus the <laughs> this GOD. Oh yeah, Tabatonga pulling double duty at the dome. <laughs> you know, right. Oh yeah, no, he's in the shingle match. I was like, what are you talking about? Okay. Now it double all makes oh god uh, that's the most horrific timeline right there <laughs> you, know, you gotta hear that song twice you know in an, in an echoey uh tokyo dome uh okay i see so we got a medium rematch <laughs> as he's crawling down so like we just saw you crawl just get in the ring you just crawled 10 minutes ago just go in go in the ring um okay now now i can adjust my list a little bit okay thank you for clarifying and i'm sorry for uh been a long day four-way that's the last that's the least of the the, the uh, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting the, the the immediate rematch number two. I'm still I'm still Bishman versus FTR Young Bucks Aussie Open. I'm still putting that number one. I think, but I don't love any of those. I would rather choose D. And I don't know what D is, but I think I would rather choose D. The only option that those I've mentioned that I find deeply offensive and disgusting would be Aussie Open. It's just something about that would not sit right with me. Yeah. Um, I would now really we're ready to that. come back. Hey, can we <laughs> wrestle here? And it's yes. like, well, yeah, you could, but you left. Yeah, okay. just take a big old shit on the the regular working roster of heavyweight tag teams who've been working really hard this year. But no, nah. Davis is he ready to come back? I don't know. I don't know what his current status is. Yeah, I guess that's that's a, that's a good question. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't actually know where he's at. But the fact that Aussie Open had to vacate those titles and have that win over Bishmon, and I think Bishmon have hinted at wanting to even the score with them, that does that's that's the ghost at the feast for me. So mm-hmm. um, again, I'm watching this World Tag League final with curiosity towards booking rather than excitement about who the, the tag champions are. Right, right, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the discussion about Wrestle Kingdom will be around like booking around relationships and yeah that's just it's hard to get super excited about that um okay did you watch the semi-finals in the english language audio uh joel i did not (laughs) uh i i I kept clicking that little gear and i kept asking me what speed i want to watch and i said brothers i want to watch this in one but can I get something else? Can I get some different languages? And then I clicked the audio button and that just went to mute. And then I, I, I refreshed and I, gosh darn it. I, uh, I just, I guess I can't figure out how to switch to the English language on this new fangled new Japan world. I guess I'm just an old man because no, Joel, I, I couldn't figure out how to get the English language going uh, on, uh, on this morning's uh, show. So uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because I'm good? sure Walker Stewart, the English language commentator who who works for is an employee I, I assume is an employee a salaried employee of new japan pro wrestling said that he'd recorded english audio hmm. for all these shows but just it's, it's nowhere to be seen it must have got lost in the oh in the so you couldn't find it either weird no it's, it's bizarre hmm. <laughs> how, how are you finding this new new japan world um yeah it's fine <laughs> you know what i mean like there's some parts that i like about it i, I think it looks better like aesthetically it looks better uh, it's easier to find the current shows that I want to watch. You know that that that's been no problem whatsoever. Um, on the Fire Stick, it's pretty good. Like it, it's definitely better on the Fire Stick than than it than it was before. Uh, I had the issue that a lot of people had where I watched it on a browser. This is my first time actually watching it on a browser th- this um, this morning when I was watching these World Tag Leagues, and the quality was fucking awful and like really really bad. Qual- like video quality was horrific. Now it worked fine, it loaded fine, and everything was good, but like it just could never get 
good quality video. And I, I was like, all right, well, maybe it's my connection. Then I watched something else from another you know, competing streaming service and it looked perfect. And I was like, okay, well, then it's just that. And that's that's been kind of a thing, right? That the desktop version has been giving people – has it been low quality or just like hasn't been – working for people because because <laughs> it's been a fucking disaster me i can't i use firefox as my browser i can't get it to work on that uh, okay i'm, I'm using chrome and, uh, and it like i was able to get to the show but it like i'm telling you it was the worst quality it was like nico nico 2013 quality and i'm like what the fuck is going on here and i kept doing i reset it i logged out i logged back in i thought oh maybe there's a setting to change what video quality i want and i said you know what i don't need to you know, 240p i got a decent connection here we can we can bump this thing up a little bit if we want but um i mean it worked fine it 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 played but yeah it, it didn't look very good and and uh i'm mixed on it i don't think there's a i was told told this is going to be a monumental change and completely different and stuff and like aesthetically it's a little bit better and it's a little bit easier to find things but i can't say that i love it i think it's 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 maybe a lateral move and it seems like for some people that it's it's working less than it was before uh so for them it's probably a negative move so i i'm 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 kind of indifferent to it yeah what is frustrating me is i don't know if i'm doing something wrong but all the shows being broken up into matches i can't just hit an option to say play i think the whole that's show. the thing now i think that's what they do and and it's you know in one breath that's good if you're just trying to like if you're if you're a fan that's just trying to say hey i just want to watch this match or i'm just interested in this like say you're gonna watch the tokyo dome and you're like oh Brian Danielson and Okada. Okay, cool. Click, 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 click. You can go right to it. But for people that actually want to watch the whole show, it, it, it's a little funky. It is a little weird. Well, uh, okay. So we touched on TMDK a bit. I, I like them and I appreciate their effort, but I don't feel that they had the standout match in this World Tag League for me to say, yes, they deserve to be in the, the Wrestle Kingdom match. They deserve to have the titles. They've, they've not quite grabbed the ball by the horns for my liking. Um, War Dogs is still my favourite. I know you guys seem to be a bit cooler on them than me, but I feel they are the most exciting team. I think Coglin is still a bit behind, a fair bit behind Gabe Kidd, because obviously Gabe Kidd's been wrestling a lot longer than Alex Coglin has. But to me, Gabe Kidd is just the guy. He's the guy that I think should be leading Bullet Club. Now, if not now, in the future, Yeah, to me, he's got it all. Love watching him. Where are you on War Dogs? No, no, I, I, I like I like the idea of the War Dogs more than I kind of like what the output is, if that makes sense. Like, I'm always kind of like, hell yeah, look at these guys. And then I, the matches themselves, they kind of, I'm indifferent to them. Like, sometimes they land, and when they land, you're like, these guys are the best. This is the best gimmick going in New Japan. This is so good. But then sometimes it's, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. It, 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 sometimes it feels a little long in the tooth sometimes, uh, uh, the gimmick and, and, and the way they're approaching things. But, no, I, you know, I completely forgot to mention these guys as well in, in the opening of the show when I was talking about the young guys moving up. These are two more guys that it's like, yeah, now you have these 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 also Gaijin dudes that you can move up the ladder and move up and, and have them do new things. Gabe Kidd, I think he should be looked upon as a 2024 guy to get to a certain level and get him being in main events, being a contender for titles, going for, you know, being a big, not just a tag division, not just, you know, the fourth or fifth guy in, in, in his unit or whatever. But like you said, leading the unit, breaking free of the unit, doing whatever. This guy needs to be that in, in, in 2024. And I think Coglin's not that far behind him. And and there's several guys that, that I forgot to mention at the top. I, I just went with the, you know, kind of the musketeers, the the guys, you know, the, the actual, you know, Japanese dudes that they're moving up and, you know, those sort of guys and Oiwa and, and, and whatnot. But no, I think those guys too need to start, you know, the, the guys just need to start moving up the ladder a little bit too. It'll be really good. But no, I, 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 again, like I like the idea of them a little bit more than I like the output of them, but I still see a ton of potential, and I think that they're those guys are on the right path. Those guys are absolutely, absolutely, absolutely 
uh, on the right path. And there's, yeah, there's no reason that TMDK should have been in this Wrestle Kingdom match. And that's one of the reasons why that four way, I'm not really that interested in them. Um, I'd rather just do, yeah, I'd rather, to me, Wrestle Kingdom, I, th- I think a lot of the other rest of this card should be featuring young guys in big spots where they can get big wins and, and really set the stage for 2024. Uh, we touched earlier on, on Red Narita, who obviously has joined House of Torture to the chagrin of uh, a lot of fans who bizarrely seemed to think that Ren was on the path to superstardom in his current diet Shibata gimmick, which I, I, I would question and challenge. But I actually really like the execution of the angle. A bit rushed. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a, a bit more juice on the, the Ren and Shota team who I thought were going to win the whole of World Tag League. And it's just extremely funny that they committed to doing that long fireside chat interview thing before the tournament where there's all, you know, the, the basic, well, no, not basically, they were literally flirting with each other. And then <laughs> having that end up, the, the end goal <laughs> of that being a, a house of torture swerve. So, to, I mean, to me, Ren's looking a lot more comfortable dare i say as the the smirking asshole if he's just going to go straight into sort of dick togo style cheating interference bots which i don't have any evidence to the contrary then yeah jury's out in terms of the sort Mm -hmm. of work ratey the stars output of um house of torture ren narrator but at least they tried something because i don't think the current gimmick the current trajectory he was on was that promising no, I, I kind of agree, and he, he's one of the guys that uh, he's definitely third of the of, of you know the new Musketeers now, and and that that was clear at the time, and it's 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 becoming more and more clear as, as time's going on or whatever that he's you know not quite there uh, in terms of where these other guys are, and I I don't want to discount it offhand because like it's it's I, I think he needed something, he absolutely needed something, and like you said, it, it it's working so far. He is pretty good at being a smug asshole. He's pretty good at it so far. The turn was good. The angle was good. I think all of it was, was, was solid. My worry is that it's House of Torture and, and that I'm worried that he is just going to become another show. And it's just like, oh, boy, I, I don't know that I need. That would not be the right trajectory for him. Now, if you want to say that he's joining the House of Torture and maybe very quickly he emerges as one of the, you know, a guy that could maybe upset evil and get him out of it, you know, like that sort of, if you want to do that sort of story with him where he's kind of this, this young hotshot that maybe now thinks that, he should run this unit or that he should be in the top of the unit or, or he's going to kind of have that sort of, uh, you know, uh, intrigue I'm in. And I think that's probably, and you don't have to do that immediately. You don't have to rush that, but I think he can be in there and he can maybe be, you know, push back on some of the stuff and maybe push back a little bit on evil and maybe, you know, not follow all the, you know, the edicts and follow all the rules or whatever. And, and you could sort of play that up a little bit. I think that I'm all in on that, but yeah, if he just becomes, you know, distract the referee so Dick Togo can do a garrote wire thing. Uh, that that will seem like a bit of a waste for him, and I don't know if there's any upward trajectory then for that. It, it would feel, because very much like show, it feels like, all right, you know what? We don't know what else we're going to do with this guy. This guy's never going to get any better. Or any, whatever. You know what? This is what his gimmick is now, and that's fine. And that's fine for show. That's fine. But I, I still have a little bit more hope for Renderita, so I am a little worried if he just becomes distraction garrote wire guy. Uh, that, that, that would worry me that they don't think that this guy has anything. Yeah. I mean, the execution of it, I think, was... Really quite great because they Shota and Ren got eliminated on like night 11 or something on a show that no one was really watching. So it was really bizarre. And everyone was like, what the fuck are they doing? And then the next match they had Ren just refusing to engage with the match. And he just sat on the outside in a chair watching Shota get beaten up and try and wrestle the match. I think it was against Evil and Yujiro single-handedly. And then it's like you could sort of view it through the lens of, oh, okay, Ren is waiting to see whether Shota is worthy of it because he fucked up in the last match and didn't tag in Ren 
maybe he's waiting to see, you know, can Shota pull this off by himself? Can he prove himself as a, a worthy partner for Red to jump in and support him? And Shota's fighting them off single-handedly. And, you know, he's almost got the win, fighting, you know, two, two against one. And then Ren just comes in and I think he hit him over the head with the chair or something. So it, I thought the the pacing and the execution of it was was quite good. Uh, I so agree. I, yeah, I New Japan does, does turns probably better than any other company on earth. Like, they always, almost every one of their turns is like, makes sense, logical, and it, it also... It, it both surprises you, but it also you're, it, you you kind of get a light bulb moment too. Like, oh yeah, okay, this yeah. actually it's does always a bit of misdirection, isn't it? Right, right. Um, so yeah, uh, so that was that. Um, we touched on the musketeers and just the youth in general. Like, what do you think guys like Shota and Ren and Suji and Uemura will be doing at Wrestle Kingdom? It's a great question. Um, I hope not the Rambo. <laughs> if they're doing the Rambo, I'm I'm. That's booking malpractice, uh, honestly. If they're if they're in the in the rumble, they need to be doing something else. They need to do something more. But uh, this card's filling up, man. This card is filling up very very quickly. And if they're not in the tag match uh, for the tag titles, they're obviously not in the junior tag title match. They're not for the uh, never. They're not for the world TV title. The world TV title would have been a great opportunity. I was I was told that this was a title for young hotshot wrestlers, right? Wasn't that the wasn't that what our gimmick was? Were, were we told that that's what this thing was? And now it's Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tanahashi. Okay. Um, <laughs> They're obviously not in the U.S. heavyweight title mix. They're not in the junior heavyweight title mix. They're not in the world heavyweight title mix. So it's like, I don't know. We're kind of filling up here. So I guess you do. You could do Ren versus Shota. But like, I don't, does, that doesn't feel very. To me, like Wrestle Kingdoms, they don't tend to do those sort of matches on there where it's just, you know, here's a singles match between two guys that, you know, I think that they might think that they can save that for another show and save it for a bigger event or, or, or somewhere that can maybe get more of a highlight, and not be the eighth match on the card or whatever. So I. I don't know. I'm really looking at this card feeling like we're quickly, quickly, quickly filling up and I don't see a spot for any of these guys. And I'm very worried that they're going to be in some rumble or some random multi-person tag match or whatever. But these guys are all in kind of different units and doing different things. So I don't even know how you stuff them into anything really at this point. Yeah, I mean, I will say this, that it, it seems like there's a very sort of intentional choice to position each of those young guys in a different faction. So you've got Shota yeah. in Hontai, you got Ren in House of Torture, Suji in LIJ. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Yuya in Just Five Guys. Even looking at, um, what's his name? Kosei Fujita in TMDK. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we want to extend that to Gabe Kidd being in, in Bullet Club. But yeah, they, they've definitely deliberately split them into separate factions, hopefully with a view to the future. But I mean, the at the moment, there's eight matches announced for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, including the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. And you'd expect for Wrestle Kingdom, how many matches were on the card? Yeah, so I'm looking at last year's card right now. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the actual. There was a couple. There was three pre-show matches, obviously, the Rumble and then the Exhibition match and then just a random six-man. But yeah, there there was no... But every single one of those had a title involved in it, except for Tanahashi, Muto, and, and Umino versus LIJ or whatever, which obviously, yeah, the Muto hook with that. And then obviously you had the IWGB women's title uh, a match on that show as well. So um, one spot left. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I don't see that many spots that are on the main, main, main show for these guys. And even then there's not a good way to lump them all together unless you just do a match where they're all facing each other. You know what I mean? But I don't think we're not ready for that. We're, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that that's, and you, I don't know that that's clean to do either. Do you do it as a four way? Do you do it as a, like a five way or whatever? If you're yeah, extending four that way, to, the, the D'Artagnan invitational 
to see who's <laughs> right. going to be the best musketeer. <laughs> yeah, so like I don't think that these guys are on the show, or if they're on the show, they're in a pre-show match. And even then, I don't think it's – they tend to like to do kind of the older guys. Like last year, you had the pre-show. You had the Fujinami and Tiger Mask, and then you had the you know the exhibition match, and then you had the Rumble. So I don't know where they fit. I, I really don't. And and it does not feel like there is a natural fit for them. And that that is tremendously disappointing, you know, given, given what – it's not just like because some people look at Wrestle Kingdom as like the beginning of the new year, and some people look at it at the conclusion of the prior year or whatever. I've always kind of looked at it as the conclusion of the prior year, more so than the beginning of the new year. Yeah, okay. and and I think that's probably the way that they've booked it, you know, traditionally over over the last couple of years. And to me, though, those guys have earned that spot over the year. I think Shoto Umino has earned a spot on Wrestle Kingdom over this year. I think Yotsuji has earned a spot over the year, maybe less so Yuya uh, and less so, you know. You, you can you know there's there's less you know oiwa obviously probably has not <laughs> earned a spot or whatever but well like for shota and 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 suji it's like those guys have earned a spot i think yu yu is another one that i'm like eh, i don't know if he earned a spot on Russell Kingdom, but those two guys did they had great years they had really important years and for them to just kind of end it with maybe you're in a six man but it doesn't even work for the i i don't even know how you book them in a six man given that they're all in different units you know what i'm saying like i don't know what you do here yeah, I, I think they're know. in the rumble. I think they're in the rumble. Yeah. I mean, there's been speculation, like you mentioned as well, like a Ren versus Shota singles match, but that feels unearned and un unwrestled kingdomy. Right. Well, <laughs> and they, they haven't done that in Wrestle Kingdom in a while. Just have guy versus guy, and then also, like, wouldn't that feel? I don't know. I I don't know that I would really want that on that show because it's like it's going to be eighth from the top, and it'll be nine minutes. Like, I don't know. That match feels like it needs a little bit more than that, right? Given how yeah, cool the I'm turn not sure was, what, and... how much you're gaining by making these guys face each other. To me, this card should have been a, a good chunk of it. Should have been these young stars against the, the stars of today or the stars of yesterday. You know, having that, that symbolic passing of the torch moment. Right. So, as I said, having those the, the casual Tokyo Dome viewers coming and saying, "Oh, okay, so these are the next guys. These are the big stars," which which we're not getting to to bring the discussion full circle. Yeah, it, it, it feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity. And yeah, now now kind of plotting that out and talking about it, it's like, yeah, we're going to have a Wrestle Kingdom and, and, and Shota Umino, who main evented and had arguably the best match in the entire company's year in 2023, will not be on the main show and will maybe be in a rumble or at, at worst will be, or at, maybe at best will be in a, in a six-man or, or, or something like that. And Yotsuji, who was a sensation and had a great, great main event and, and really felt like a, a complete, you know, breath of fresh air to the company will also just be kind of somewhere and something and not doing anything of importance that that feels like a huge miss to me it, it really does particularly with those two guys a huge huge miss uh last question here multiverse a says who are you most impressed with during world tag league and outside of the regulars who would you like to see come back for another tour so yeah we had visitors here we have the cmll team of atlantis jr yeah. sobrano jr gates of agony monster source i thought they were fantastic really tremendous really connected with the crowd i would love to see them back and they got a, a fairly strong run but I, I would definitely be looking to bring them in as a, a more semi-permanent fixture in, in the tag division because they were great uh, obviously we had kaito kiyomir and he has been uh, exchanging angry funny faces with kazuchika okada i don't know if that is building to anything probably not but uh yeah, how, how have you felt about the visitors in this World Tag League? Yeah, so so the, the people that I need back is I need Jack Bonds and Bad Luck Folly. I need the Royal Grind. No, I'm kidding. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Bonds was all right. The he, answer, he yeah, he was a fine. lot of pins. He was, was bottom of my power rankings. Fine. Yes, he was fine. Uh, the CMLL team, obviously, if you could 
anytime you could bring those guys back, I, I would go for it. But I have the exact same answer that you have of, of a team that you can use and a team that you could use and a team that you should use. And that's Monster Sauce. I, I love that team. Very similar to the, you know, Hikaleo and, and L- LP team. I love the small guy, big guy team. Archer feels like he belongs here. He just he just belongs in New Japan. He's just so much better in New Japan than he is anywhere else. And Alex Zane kind of getting that confidence, getting a character, getting sort of persona over, getting over with the crowds. I, I, I love Monster Sauce. So I would say you know, both those guys, I don't see anything else for them to really do in the world of wrestling right now. So it's like, yeah, keep those guys and and you know, if you can get something worked out with AEW where you take Lance Archer and you say, Hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep him. Is that okay? <laughs> you can pay him, but we'll uh we'll keep him or hey, we'll help you with the pay or whatever it is, or hey, just release him so we just can sign ask. him. So- just don't give him back, they won't notice. Yeah, right. Like how long would it take until like, they hey, know? where's Lance? Right, right. <laughs> they'd they'd be in Texas and they'd look around and say, Oh god, our we need Archer to do a squash match. Where is he? And then they'd look around, <laughs> they wouldn't find him, and they would just go, Ah, whatever, okay, move on. And then the, the and then you'll never think about him again. They'll think about him that night when they're in Garland, Texas, and want him to do the the, his annual squash match in Texas, but then yeah, they'll never notice. So just don't buy him a, a, a keep him here. Don't buy him a return ticket and just keep because I love Monster Sauce and I think that is a team that has some legs and, and could be a lot of fun, a lot of fun in, in in this this heavyweight tag division for sure. All right, well, thank you so much, Rich, for jumping on. Uh, really appreciate your time. Anything you would like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, obviously. Uh, you know, thank you for having me on here. It's long overdue, and hopefully, I didn't uh, ramble too much. I got a got a few things wrong here along the way, but it was a long day. I know you've had a long day as well. You're staying up late uh, to accommodate me here, so I, I do appreciate that. But uh, no, thank you for having me on, and, and you guys do an incredible job. You're just a, an, an incredible, incredible addition to uh, uh, the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, um, a, a show that just has. In some way, what's really cool about it is it's like it's completely your own audience, which I think is is awesome. Like some people might say oh all the people that like the jcast hate the flagship don't doesn't that make you mad i'm like no i love that that's great that a whole different audience can listen to a show on our network and 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 not have to not necessarily need to watch and listen to everything else we do and and just you know has a show that they love that they enjoy they enjoy the hosts for now i guess (laughs) until you start (laughs) now if you keep saying stuff bad stuff about new japan they might uh, turn on you too but uh no it's you guys do a tremendous job by the super jcast so so more than anything just you know thank you uh, for everything that you guys have done uh, over the years w- with the Jcast, uh, and given where it looked like you know the Pearlcast was going to go, and it was like, oh man, we're going to lose this thing that I think is super important uh, for you guys to kind of take, uh, you know, you especially taking over, and 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 you and Damon just being a perfect duo uh, to to get the Jcast to where it is has been phenomenal. So yeah, thank you uh, obviously for you guys, but uh, yeah, voiceofwrestling.com. Columns, reviews, previews, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, uh, I am on the flagship podcast on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. We talk about everything. We talk about all of Japanese wrestling, all of American wrestling, Mexico, Europe, all of it. We cover as much of it as we can. Every promotion that whatever promotions are kind of working for us at this time or has a big news story going on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on the flagship. So we do that. Uh, and if you want even more from me, uh, we have a Patreon as well, flagshippatreon.com, or you can go to voicesofwrestling.com. Uh, slash patreon to listen to that uh, and that's a bunch of bonus audio we do bonus written content uh, weekly AEW reviews i'm doing a series right now on the 30 year anniversary of the bret hart versus owen hart feud so that is up uh now at uh, flagshippatreon.com so uh yeah if you want bonus audio that is how you can do it but uh yeah thank you again joel for having me on here i, I really do appreciate it and uh yeah i'm excited to uh to see what the the next year holds for uh for new japan for wrestling Great. Thank you so much, Rich. So uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw a few bucks our way, we uh, always uh, appreciate the tips. 
um, at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan, who you can follow on Twitter at LousyHero219. You can follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Esther, do you mind having a coughing fit while I'm Yeah, unbelievable. This is Come the on, best part of the show. Come on. Ruined it. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Kids these days. It's unbelievable. Oh, dear. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Still going. This is so good. Fucking troll job back here. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. <laughs> You want me to do the outro? I'll do it. Because <laughs> it seems when you talk, the cough starts. So I'll do, no, you got it. You got it. We're good. We're good. Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode... I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today.